How's it going, everybody? My name is Connor Gilson, and this is episode 28, and it's part two of the questions um, thing that we've been talking about. We had a little bit of a break. We had the rant on why I think the whole retire at a young age um, thing is a load of crap, and I f wish people didn't pitch that or um, teach young people think like that. Um, so that came out very, very good. Like, um, I was very excited about how that one came out. Uh, I did that pretty much off the, off the scripts. So there was no notes on that one. And it was just me passionately talking about something that in my opinion needs to absolutely stop happening. Um, so if you haven't heard that one, check it out. It's the podcast right before this one. But tonight we're going to be talking about questions, and in the first part we talked about a few different ones that we can ask, um, how to get people to start thinking in different ways, which is going to give us an edge, especially if we're in consulting, or sorry, if we're in the consulting industry, or um, we teach people, or we sell services, things like that. Um, it can be used for products as well, especially if your products fix a problem for people or make people's lives easier which is most cases many products um, but yeah so well, let's jump into this information tonight so I have quite a bit of notes here for this one um, because there's a lot of quotes and I wanted to write down these questions um, so none of them skipped my mind uh, in the first one we talked about how Socrates and um, Jesus were very good at asking questions that made people think. We talked a little bit about how when um, Jesus was cornered by people who would ask questions, he'd ask questions back to kind of reveal their heart condition and reveal, you know, what was going on inside their own heads, which was kind of a backfire for them um, in front of everybody else. But it's interesting because I saved Socrates to this part um, because he was a very interesting person. Um, he lived in ancient Greece, if you didn't know um, much about him. Um, he was an absolute master, master of asking powerful questions. Instead of lecturing, which was a, and like, if we pop that out for a second, um, lect lecturing was a huge thing back then in ancient Greece. There's a lot of um, philosophical um, teachings and things like that. Um, their lectures, people, their education system was really good for the time. Um, they, uh, there was a lot of scholars and things like that. Um, so he didn't do that though. He didn't lecture um, or his core principle for his um, teachings and things like that weren't lecturing. He asked, he asked very, very powerful questions. Um, he taught, he taught basically by not posing just one question to people, but a series of thought provoking questions. And that's what gave him the, um, notoriety of what we know of him today. The fact that his name hasn't faded in history, um, and he hasn't been forgotten. So when we talk about asking questions it's cool because you know I'm giving you I'm giving you questions to ask in both these uh, podcast episodes um, both 26 and now 28 um, but I don't want I mean some of these questions are good and I I 
like I said before, I learn things and I add things to my arsenal from other people, so I'm not going to suggest that you don't add these to your arsenal, or at least add some of them. But what I want you to do is start thinking of questions um, that really create kind of a thought-provoking mentality and start coming up with ones on your own because that's really going to help you to become better at this, at asking questions and better at your industry as well um, when you're clever enough to come up with questions. And at first it's going to be slow like anything that I've taught here on this podcast. It's, it's going to be slow, but if we keep doing it like anything practice makes perfect, as cliche as that is, um, the more you practice it, the more you do it, the more better, the more quicker your mind will get at asking thought-provoking questions. Um, and it, just contemplate it. Think about it. And it take like an hour a week to think about what questions could you ask to really, you know, kind of smack reality, if you will, and get your um, client or prospect to really, really think, right? Because that's what we want to do in our industries, in our businesses. And I think a lot of it is lost in translation when we watch or we hear or we read um, certain ways to get clients. We sometimes stick to kind of to the form or to the mold instead of kind of branching off and exploring what we can do, putting our own little spin on it. It's like anything. It's like if you give a speech or if you give a podcast, if I had my notes and like for example what i was just talking about socrates if i read my notes exactly it would have been socrates lived in ancient greece he was a master at asking powerful questions instead of lecturing he taught by posing his students a series of thought-provoking questions that's my note if i read that i would guarantee and there's certain things that I do read, like experiences or studies or things like that, but most of it is me lightly going over my notes. But if I read everything like that, if there was no, if there was no creativity or vocal tone or um, emphasis or anything like that, I, I would doubt many of you would be tuning into my next podcast, especially if it was a consistent thing. Um, so it's like that. The questions I'm going to give you tonight are going to be like your notes. You can use them, and sometimes they are. You can use them word for word, and it's going to help you. But you got to add your own spin to it, your own your clever, unique. And I mean, sometimes we feel like just because we're an industry that there's so many people in, we have to be like there's no way to to change it up. I remember talking to a music artist, and he said that one of the most common beliefs is that every single love song has always has already been sung. How that no matter what you say that's already been pretty much said before and you're just trying to like copy it without being like pointed out for copying it but what he said is that he views that nothing in any moment is ever the same there may be similarities but when you are an artist and when you're flowing with music and you're feeling what you're feeling in that moment when you're writing that song that can't be portrayed by anybody else other than you at that given time so Think of it like that. We can ask questions, and in that case, if, and that's reality actually, when you ask questions, especially powerful, thought provoking questions, you are an artist. Don't get that wrong. You absolutely are an artist. One of the most universally attractive things is 
being able to ask good questions and it really is an art so you're not too much you're not too far off from a songwriter in fact some of my favorite lyrics in songs are actually questions which is interesting because I'll never get to look that person in the face and answer that question to them but I get to answer it to myself and that's interesting to me so once again the questions that you're going to hear tonight use some of them practice some of them you know put them in your arsenal but you really start jump-starting your mind to ask questions that are going to propel you forward even beyond what I'm teaching you now because you're gain you're growing tonight or t today or whatever time you're listening to this you're growing by listening to this podcast and getting these questions but don't stop there keep growing beyond what I've taught you and what I am teaching you in all these modules and any of the modules in the podcast keep moving on if you really liked a module in this podcast find books that go along with that module because a lot of the things that I know my knowledge my wisdom comes from reading other people's works reading other people's books I forget his name but um, there was a time uh, this one guy, there was, he's a magician. There was one time where he had like several failed businesses and he was super downtrodden, very like depressed because once again his business failed and his dad walked up to him and his dad's very philosophical because they're Asian. Um, that's, I'm not being racist, that's what, that's what he said. So, um, but he's very philosophical and he said the reason he asked him do you know why you failed and his son said no and he said well it's because you don't have enough men in your army so what he meant by that is that he hadn't read enough books to have in his army so when we read a book or we listen to something especially i want to just focus down on books okay um, because a podcast can give you something, but it can't give you as much as a book can. And a book, you're consuming a lifetime. You're consuming a lifetime of wisdom and knowledge and viewpoints and experiences from that person. And when you add, read that book, you're adding that, that person, that author, whether it's a male or a female, to your army. And that's what helps you get through things. So like I said, if you liked a certain part, whether it's the question part, whether it was um, how our mind can be a prison, um, whether it was um, how to get more sales, things like that, go read books on those, those subjects that I touched on because a lot of the things that I talked about were found in books or found from experiences I've talked to people and things like that. So, I mean, there are things that I come up with, and there's a lot of things I come up with that are very, um, very interesting and deep, but a lot, a lot of things comes from other people, comes from other books. And once again, that's what I'm saying here. So listen to these questions and how I talk about them and things like that, but also start jump-starting your mind to start thinking and asking your own questions, okay? So a lot of times when we ask questions, they're either cliche or they um, don't have really any depth, so things like that. Um, so I'm going to list off a few examples. Uh, if you're at a if you're at a job and you know maybe you haven't 
you know fully jumped over to your own company yet uh, maybe it's just your side hustle or whatever um, one of the things that I heard a lot at Best Buy is like we need to improve our customer service we need to improve our numbers we need to improve how we interact with customers but instead of something like that so let's say let's take in we need to improve our customer service we could ask how would you assess our customer service levels today or how would you assess what they are right now another question how is our service impacting our customer retention so it's interesting because if I was at one of those meetings and the GM got up and asked especially that last question how is our service impacting our customer retention how is are you know lack to, of getting to the customer in certain areas of the store impacting whether somebody comes back and buys a TV or a computer for three or four grand um, from us and helping us hit our goals in the future? Who big open up right big big thing opens up now it's not just um, how do we get better customer service it's whoa everything that we're founded on us you know. Um, helping people get you know new electronics in their house or things like that now it's all you know a giant ball that we see interlacing through everything within the store okay um, think of ones like when parents you know have kids you know instead of saying something like you know if you don't get a job this summer we're not going to pay you allowance not so good right but what about what ideas do you have for what you'd like to do this summer? It's not steering the question. It's not getting them to the point where um, it's like, uh, what do you think you're going to get a job? It's still a tame, tame thing. It's like, what do you plan on doing this summer? Okay, I'm going to get a drink of water so hopefully this isn't horrible. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, I always feel uncomfortable drinking water on the podcast, but my throat is pretty pretty rough most of the time um, and I'm pretty sure I'm getting sick so hopefully that's not the case but instead of saying something like that you know what ideas do you have for what you'll do this summer or what you'd like to do this summer um, if they are looking for a job instead of like keep pressuring them like if you're not getting a job instead of saying that look my voice is going hopefully it lasts through the whole podcast um, say something like I'm interested to hear about how your job search is going what are you looking into because then it gives a lot more of the story because if somebody's looking for a job and they're applying and they're applying and I had two periods in my life where this happened where I applied and applied and applied for a job and didn't get anything and I had maybe 98% of the people that approached me say like so why don't you have a job yet and this one of them was when I was losing everything because of you know my business starting to roll back because I didn't have a car to drive and things like that and it just added more stress and it made me angry and it made me focus more on the fact that I hated jobs and that I wanted to keep my business going but if people came up to me and asked something like these questions then maybe I wouldn't have been so cold so hard um, to get to um, to reach okay 
if somebody says something like we need more innovation or create creativity in this company or in this business or whatever you can ask them like can you describe what innovation means to you and that can be used two ways if somebody's coming down on us like oh we need to be more innovative we can ask them okay well what does innovation mean to you and it's all about how we ask the question you hear my voice it wasn't like if somebody asked like oh we need to be more innovative it's all about tone of voice because if somebody says oh we need to be more innovative and I'm like yeah and what what does innovation mean to you like it's condescending but I softened my voice the first time and I kind of asked it more as kind of a flowing question like okay what does innovation mean to you okay a little different right okay so it is about questions it is about our tonality as well um, if somebody asks that we need to have more teamwork we can ask something like uh, what do you mean when you say teamwork like do you mean in this aspect or this one or you just feel as a whole it's kind of suffering what's what's you know your viewpoint somebody says oh I don't trust him or I don't trust her why not what is the what is you know what is the problem um, or what is trust to you in this situation that we're talking about okay questions like these will result in deep rewarding conversations that are going to engage other people to think rather than to shut down so that's what we gotta do it's about how we ask our question with tonality but it's also about what types of questions are we asking or if somebody comes down on us hard do we just clam up and lock down okay but remember like I want to kind of focus you on that these questions will result in deep rewarding conversations rewarding and not just rewarding for the person because like I said in the other pod or the other episode that when we ask questions people like answering them because they hear themselves talk or they're giving their viewpoint and that always feels good it's literally a chemical um, reaction that's given off in the brain that when we talk about ourselves or how we feel it makes us feel better okay but it's also rewarding for you because instead of taking an assumption and getting offended or just clamming up and taking something that you feel as abuse you're seeing their viewpoint you're reaching a common ground you're seeing an understanding and that's why questions are so important because questions can really change the dynamic and the atmosphere and the feeling of the moment by just being asked and that's what's really good about questions Okay. And here's something that I like to do. If somebody says something to me, um, like, let's see, what can I do for example? I think I did. I think I had one. Oh yeah, trust. I did it with um, innovation. Can you describe in what innovation means to you? Question the definition of words that other people take for granted when they just spew them out because a lot of times it's interesting and I've had this happen to me and I've had it watching other people because like I said I'm very observant and I love watching human interactions um, I was just actually before I did this podcast I was watching a YouTube channel that's called Street Attraction where they go out and they talk with um, girls and 
and it's not the like a lot of the YouTube videos are like pickup lines like there was one there's one good one that I like where um, he's like looking around he walks up to a girl and he's like um I'm looking for and he's like pointing and he's like yeah I, was, I, I just you know I've been looking for uh, this all day and it's uh, it's your number well, that's the one, the one line that I was like, ah, that's kind of clever, I like that. But most of the time I hate watching those because when you walk up and you do a stupid pickup line or something like that, they don't, they're not, it's not a good way to start an interaction. But these people on street attraction, they actually start a conversation and really talk and get in some awesome, deep, you know, there's still playful banter and flirting, but there's this deep conversation. And a lot of the times they're asking questions and then they'll be like, all right, your turn. You ask me a question. So it's really, really fun. But take words for granted. People take words for granted when they, when we speak, like sometimes we'll, we'll use a word and then somebody will ask like right away, like, um, what do you take? Uh, or like, what do you define that as? In fact, um, I was, actually um, with a group of people and one person said bougie which I loosely under understand um, I don't like the terminology I don't really listen to that type of music either um, and I was just like yeah and I like laughed and and one of the persons like what does that even mean and the person that originally said it was like oh he knows like you you just you explain it to him or to her and I'm like uh, and my response was like I understand like what it means but for me to define it because I don't actually know the exact definition I don't know and it was like it actually started up a conversation because I mentioned like I actually brought it up I'm like is that interesting how like I had the concept and I understood what it meant but when you asked me to define it I didn't and you asked me to define it because you couldn't define it and she laughed and she's like yeah yeah <laughs> so Question the definitions that people have for words, because when you ask question like what does trust, what does trust mean for you, or what does innovation mean for you, or what does um, compassion mean to you, okay, or aggression, you're gonna start a whole amazing conversation, and I love that. I love the fact that we have this ability to start deep, meaningful communication by just asking questions. And it's sad because a lot of human society, and granted, I haven't traveled to other countries. Um, that's one of the things I actually want to start doing because I haven't, I've, as far, I have a very big knowledge of a lot of things, but as far as traveling, I'm very secluded, pretty much in New England, South Carolina, Florida is pretty much all I've ever been to. Um, but as far as what I've known from the people I've interacted here in the United States or the portion of the United States that I've been into um, and from watching videos of other people in the United States things like that so I have a pretty good thumb on the United States but like I said I don't know about other countries I feel that a lot of people don't know how to a ask questions especially in this this um, this age where we're so locked to technology and it's kind of sad because um, 
one of the things actually going back to that channel the street attraction channel one of the things they talked about is how you can be really good at communicating with a girl or a girl can be very very good at communicating with a guy and you can start talking but the other person may not be good at communicating and that's such a such a, such a bummer on you know what I said about having deep meaningful conversations that are rewarding we as a as a I don't as a society as a planet we tend to have more communication but less quality which makes sense some quantity over or quality over quantity right but you know we message each other we text we call we uh facetime we post on social media um snapchat things like that but we don't know how to have a conversation we don't know how to interact and it's not just in things like personal life or dating or things like that it's also in business and I feel like a lot of consultants could get a lot more clients and be a lot better at what they do if they ask questions that provoke thought full conversation and it's kind of sad that we haven't been able to really do that as a majority for quite some time now because when I ask thought-provoking questions in it, and it's cool, like the first couple times when I started doing this, and people be like, wow, that was a really good question, and they like got impressed by me, like I was like, huh, yeah, my ego went up a little bit, I was like, oh, yeah, I know what I'm doing, I'm this, this kid, because at the time I was very young, like this kid that knows how to ask questions and nobody else does, does, and now it's kind of the opposite, I'm just kind of like, Jeez, this is kind of easy at this point. This is kind of sad that nobody can ask questions that are meaningful. Or you'll have people that ask questions and they're like ridiculously philosophical and they go on a rant for like an hour and a half about some like far-fetched like theory instead of actually having communication and questions that, you know, talk to who we are and what we actually mean with things. Okay? And honestly, like anything, like anything that I've taught, it's going to take you time to learn how to do this. It's going to take you time. There's going to be failures. There's going to be times where you ask questions that you thought were really good and they don't go over well. Um, one thing I will say is do not do it on a small group. Um, don't ask questions like two or three times and if people don't like it. Um, throw it away. Ask it on a pretty large group and filter in, like, find some good ones. That's why I said, like, find questions like some of the ones that I use here. Start building your repertoire. And then, uh, sorry, I almost ripped my headphones out of my uh, phone. Um, and then add, try to pull my mic away from my mouth so it doesn't pee pop constantly. Uh, and then add kind of your own or add one try it with a bunch of people because if you ask a lot of thought-provoking questions and one of them's bad no one's really gonna care so that's why you can like come in with a new one and like test it a bunch of times because it's one like most of your questions are good quality and then you have this one you're testing but ask it multiple times ask it not multiple times to the same person but to multiple people to kind of get a good case study on what that question actually is um, and honestly if you like a question a lot and other people don't or they don't find it as enjoyable as you find it but you really really like the question keep asking it because that's what's going to give you your individuality and flair um, you don't want to fill 
your lines of questions with a bunch of those but if you have one question that's thought-provoking and you think it gets to certain people the type of people you want to work with then keep it because that's you that's your business this is what you're doing you know that you're adding you know your value and sometimes we we kind of care too much about what other people think of how we sell or how we engage with um, prospects or customers and it we don't have any definition. One of my favorite quotes from a movie is in Sucker Punch, if you don't stand for something, you will fall for anything. And it's really, really true. Because what makes us passionate, what makes us tick, is what other people want to see. That's what makes us, you know, a human being, a actual, you know, thing that holds weight and holds meaning, okay? And there's so many questions that you can ask, right? Um, I'm actually going to be doing this soon um, for different projects that I'm going to do. I'm going to walk through, um, I live by Foxwoods in Mohegan Sun. Um, I want to walk through there, walk through the Mystic Boardwalk, um, go to other uh, states and do this as well, and walk up to couples and ask them how they met, um, how they met and how they ended up with each other. Uh, I think that's a great question to ask, great thing to get kind of some research. I'm always doing research in psychology experiments. I've been doing those since I was a little kid, and I always like learning from actual human interaction, actual experiences from other people, things like that. But questions like that get people thinking or get people to smile, um, you know. I mean, there's some of us that are antisocial that if somebody walked up and asked that would be kind of uncomfortable or whatever, but most people will like to say, like to tell the story. Um, and it's really, it's really cool. It's really cool to just kind of go outside of your comfort zone and do things like that. All right. Um, if you meet an artist or a musician, you can ask them who taught you. Um, I know, I know how to play guitar. Um, I, I'm self-taught my, myself, but other people have, that I've talked to have been taught by, um, very, very, influential musicians um trying to think who it was that was taught by i forgot if it was led zeppelin or stevie ray vaughn but i know somebody that person was trained by one of them um so impressed right so impressed that i can't even remember which one it was awesome right um my one of my sales techs one of part of my sale techniques was taught to me by Jordan Belfort. If you don't know that name, then go watch The Wolf of Wall Street. You'll know the name after. Okay. Um, so I have been taught by The Wolf of Wall Street, man. <laughs> um, I don't use all of his methods, and after and like. To put this in perspective, he did teach me after all that you know stuff was going on because I am only uh, like I'm only 26, so it's not like I was alive or was functioning as a salesperson when he was doing all that shady stuff you see in the movie. But after he came out, he did a lot of coaching and teaching. He still does, and uh, yeah. So, by asking people like, how did you learn how to do this? How did you, you know? learn your craft or your passion um, or you can ask people where do you grow up simple questions like that I mean that's a common cliche one um, 
one of my favorite ones is if I meet somebody and they say they're new to the area, I ask them how they ended up there. And then if they answer it like, oh, you know, it's for work. I like I'll go into more questions and kind of learn the process of what made them decide to move to Connecticut or to Rhode Island or Mass or whatever. Okay. Um, in my area, there's a lot of people from all different areas of the world that come to the United States, and a lot of them are either like foreign exchange or um, part of some like uh, like work program, or they just came here because they wanted to experience the American dream, if you will, um, things like that, okay? Okay, and there's a bunch of them. I literally have a bunch of them. How did you decide to do that at that time um, if somebody, like, had a certain thing, a certain milestone that they've accomplished or whatever? Um, one of my favorite, what is the toughest lesson you've had to learn? <laughs> that is fun, okay? Um, another one I really like and it just popped in my head, if you had ultimately failed, when they talk about, you know, what what's the toughest lesson, if they ultimately failed and give up, what do you think your life would be like right now? It's interesting, right? Conversations you can start, man. Questions are so easy. They're so easy. And when it comes to our business, businesses, when it comes to what we do, something just fell off my couch or something blew up under my house. One or the other. Um, wow, that was distracting. It felt like something under my house, though. Um, if I start screaming, I'm on fire, then we uh, we know there's some, some problems. Uh, but um, as, where was I? Okay, yeah, as far as our businesses go, as far as our companies because a lot of us we solve problems right I think a lot of humans if we're a business owner we solve problems and one of my favorite sayings that I heard is problems are like ice cream cones if you don't lick them they cause a mess and how we lick them in part because there's other ways that we can lick these problems before they become a mess but in part is asking proper questions. Whether it's a prospect that has a problem that we're trying to fix or whether it's a problem for ourselves. We have to ask questions to lick before that thing melts and goes all over the place and ruins our day, okay? And it's funny, the reason why I like that um, metaphor, if you will, is because there's not too many times in my life I've licked an ice cream cone, it's like, oh, this is horrible. Like, I can't believe I have to do this again. Like, oh. Like, it's enjoyable, and so are questions. But sometimes we just get too locked into talking about ourselves as far as our businesses go, talking about, you know, what our accomplishments are, talking about how we can fix the problem. We don't ask questions, and that's the only way you will ever solve a problem is asking questions. There's not one time in the world ever that a problem was solved without somebody asking at least one question fight me there's no way <laughs> there's just no way it, it just it because at a simplest at a simplistic minimalistic only we ask like what are we going to do like there there it is that's the minimal that we ask but in most cases if you looked back at your most recent problem and thought through your thought pat pattern the 
botching words again. If you thought through your thought pattern, there we go, you would see the questions that you asked yourself or you asked your your client or prospect to get better um, a better solution, okay? All right. Another really good question is what in your life has given you the greatest fulfillment? Kind of the opposite of what was your greatest, you know, our hardest lesson to learn. Um, what's your greatest fulfillment? Um, talking about it earlier about how I don't read things, but I'm going to read probably at least part of this because actually I can probably, because this is a lot to read. I don't want to do that. Um, so let's go back to 1983. Um, Apple Computer is about to announce the Macintosh uh, computer. It's a crazy, for the time, is crazy innovative computer. It had a mouse that you can move with your hand, which was very, very new and different. Um, it had a graphic user interface. And itself will shape the rest of personal computers for the world for the decades to come. Okay. So now, Steve Jobs loved to introduce his new innovative products with crazy media, crazy kind of a, a media, uh, um, like explosion, uh, tsunami. That's the word I was going for. Um, you know, so create these giant waves. Um, no one. I have ever really seen, especially at the beginning of like the times when the Macintosh came out, could come close to creating the sense of drama and like drum roll leading up to a release. There's all this anticipate anticip Wow, I am just not doing good tonight. And I, I literally cannot but I'm botching this word. Um, anticipation holy crap <laughs> um, leading up to it and then when the day came when the day came it was beyond everybody else's imag like imagination or expectations it created this huge like lead up and then boom was even better than what everybody expected okay so If I said the Super Bowl that happened in 1984, very few, few people will remember who played that Super Bowl. Um, and then even fewer will f know the score without having to look it up on, on Google or something. But anyone that was there for that Super Bowl does not forget the Apple commercial that happened it, okay? It's literally one of the most well-known ads, okay? A, a woman in a tracksuit ran into an auditorium with like a bunch of like kind of like drone light and light like people and then she takes a sledgehammer and spins and throws it into this huge screen that is I think it was like a dict yeah, it was a dictator that was talking. The commercial is so old now, and it, it at the time won like crazy, crazy amount of of awards. Um, so Apple had a lot to kind of 
bring like to the table when they made ads like this. They had to bring something that was important. And one of the times was the with the Macintosh was to make it as fast as possible. Okay, so at one point he, um, Steve Jobs visits the cubicle of Macintosh chief engineer and asks him to boot up the computer. This is the first time it's booted up in front of Steve Jobs. Okay. It takes about seven, like it takes like seven to nine minutes, I think, to boot up. Okay, because as as we know, with computers, it needs to test memory, it needs to initialize the operating system, and perform like all these other startup tasks to get going. Okay, Steve Jobs says one thing. He says you have to make it boost fast, boot faster. He turns and he walks away. Weeks later, after the design team works for countless hours. The engineer proudly once again shows Jobs that they've managed to slightly decrease the boot time. He asks the question, is that the best you can do? He turns around again and he leaves very fast. After a little bit more time, he comes in, they show him again. But instead of like berating them further, he simply stares at the prototype and kind of like zones out. When he snaps back to it, he said, I've been thinking about this. And his voice raised in excitement because I remember watching um, a reenactment on one of the jobs. I think it was Jobs. I think that was the movie. Um, and he's like, how many people are going to be using the Macintosh? A million? No. In a few years, I bet 5 million people will be booting up their Macintoshes at least once a day. Well, let's say you can shave 10 seconds off the boot time. Multiply that by 5 million users, and that's 50 million seconds. Every single day. Over a year, that's dozens of lifetimes. So if you can make it boot 10 seconds faster, you've saved at least a dozen lives. Wow, right? Wow. And that part there is very, very interesting, and I'll let your mind kind of go in on that. That's kind of your own like little project about that. But the part I want to focus on was when he said, is that the best you can do? And what did he do there? I'll tell you what he did there. He took his problem, his vision, that he wanted reached, he took that and he made it everybody's in the room. Is that, real, is that the best that you can do? And he didn't let them answer. He didn't let them make excuses. He didn't make them say, oh, he didn't let them say like, oh man, dude, we've been working on this forever. And like you keep going on and on and on about how it's not fast enough. He just walks away as quickly as he possibly can. So do we ask questions like that? Okay. How much time? 42 minutes. Jeez. Um, some alternative versions of that question is, is there still room for further improvement? In what ways could this be even better? And then remember how I said we should ask groups of questions? Then in that case, we could ask something like, what's stopping you right now? And we don't want to ask that, like, what's stopping you? We want to ask that, so maybe maybe it's something that they don't have. Maybe it's something that they need. Maybe they, um, you know, need a certain tool or a certain um, 
you know, maybe they need another designer to join the team. Uh, maybe everybody's stretched too thin, you know. Then they answer that, and then you can help them. You're working together, okay? Asking them questions like, do you think this would be worth your best? Like, do you think this is going to be worth your best effort? Do you think this is this product's worth it? You know? Okay. And then the last thing I want to talk to you about is close-ended questions. Close-ended questions. It's interesting because when I worked at Best Buy, we were taught not to ask closed-ended questions. We are supposed to ask open-ended questions. And in many cases, that is the correct thing to do. Okay? You know, if somebody... Um, you know, if I'm in a business meeting with somebody that wants to try using social media, I don't, I don't ask like, hey, do you want to use social media? No. Something like, in what ways do you think social media would better improve uh, your um, condition? Um, what do you know about um, social media? Do you have any, have you looked at any of your competitors who are um, using it to their benefit and actually seeing results? You know, questions like that, okay? But there's times when we should ask yes or no questions or ask closed-ended questions. And that is to speed things up. That is to throw, there's sometimes where we're gonna use it to be authoritative. Um, when I have people that are super wishy-washy and like I'll ask them a question and they say sure, my response to sure almost every single time is yes or no. Yes or no. Uh, can, you, can, you, can you do this? Um, I need this done by this time, is that possible? Sure or maybe, yes or no? Interesting thing. I started using this when I was dating, when I would text um, girls on um, apps like Tinder, things like that, and I would show my friends this, because once again, when I did that, when I first did um, Tinder, it was a social, uh, it was a, a social experiment, a psychology experiment, to see like what um, I could learn about um, human interactions and the way people's minds work, things like that. But I remember showing people that when people say something like that and I say yes and no, and I'd look and watch their body language as I showed them that I texted somebody that, and they would cringe and like pull back. Yes, and, yes or no is a very intense question. It's a very, very good question. Used in the right place. Used in the right place when people aren't really moving forward or they're being wishy-washy or they're trying to strong arm over you you know, passive, you know, passive, uh, aggressive people, yes or no, boom, slices through them, and they whip right back up to attention. So using yes or no, okay, close-ended, okay. What it will do is it will find out whether or not someone is fully committed to something. It will draw out any doubts or hesitations. It's like the flame to bring uh, impurities out of metal, okay. If you watch a blacksmith, they heat it and constantly hit it with a hammer to gain the impurities out of the metal so it's stronger. No air pockets, no um, particles, no weak points. It's, you know, heat and bang, 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 heat, bang, bang, bang. That's what they're doing in those old old movies like, uh, like Wild West movies or better yet, um, like the Dark Ages or like Knights and things like that, okay? Um, that's what they're doing. Because yes and no is just aggressive enough that if somebody does, they're like, oh, it'll, it'll boom, pops out. 
was very loud probably in your ear, but wham, right into the right up to the surface. Okay? Alternate versions of that question. I gotta stop soon because I have 47 minutes. Um, alternate versions of that question. Can you commit fully to this? See, these questions you're going to want to ask, especially if you're in person, with a more authoritative tone. Close-ended questions are to be asked with authoritative tone because they're not going to be used to find and coax and kind of, come here, come here, I need the information, like the other questions I've taught you. Close-ended is when things aren't really going that, that smoothly or you need kind of a motivating kind of light fire under their butts, to, so to speak, to get them to move, to get them to take action. Okay. So can you commit fully to this? Are you on board or not? Can you make a final decision today? Can you make a final decision now? And then you can use follow-up questions that aren't closed-ended. Things like, what excites you most about this? What are your biggest doubts or reservations? Okay. So we snap them to attention, so they're boom paying attention, especially good for employees or people we're working with or personal interactions, um, friends, family, um, you know, people we're dating, things like that, uh, but can also be used in business as well when we're running our own company. If the client or prospect is kind of being, you know, kind of half-assing it, if you will, asking close-ended questions like that, okay? And then ask questions like, hey, what excites you about this? And then what are your biggest doubts or reservations? Okay? And then we're going to see. We snap them to attention, but then we kind of, you know, get gentle again and see what they're concerned about. Okay? So that's pretty much it. Uh, 49 minutes. i got to stop this soon because it does shut off at 60, I think. Yeah, 60. And I have to do another segment. But um, that is about it for tonight. Hopefully you enjoy the questions. Hopefully you grew some... Um, some tonight uh, and you know have kind of a gist of what questions you should be asking to help people and learned a lot all right once again my name is Connor Gilson and I will see you tomorrow adios and goodbye